I'm delighted to welcome a new supporting sponsor to the local government news roundup family. It's Ventio, a leading essential infrastructure services provider, redefining service excellence for communities across Australia and New Zealand. Ventio is operating at over 400 sites and with a large and diverse workforce of over 35,000. They specialise in the long-term operation, maintenance and management of critical public and private assets and infrastructure across a broad range of industry segments, including defence and social infrastructure, infrastructure services, telecommunications and transport. For local government, Ventia specialises in the end-to-end delivery of open space management, soft and hard facilities management, street cleansing, minor capital works and much more. Ventia brings capability in whole-of-life asset management and robust use of data for better decision-making for their clients. Ventia, making infrastructure work sustainably for our communities. Head to ventia.com to find out more. Today on the Roundup, Backlash as another Metro Council decides to exit aged care service provision. Darabin Council announces a meeting-by-meeting risk management approach misconduct findings against two councillors at the same Melbourne Council, a surprise contender emerges for Lord Mayor of Melbourne, a New South Wales Council decides to stay in children's services after a review, a council candidate in Brisbane under investigation for fraud, a suspended Tasmanian Mayor challenges a conduct ruling in the Supreme Court and a high-profile Mayor in Canada becomes the latest in a long line of elected officials to resign. Hello, I'm Chris Eddy. Welcome to the Roundup for the 23rd of February 2024. It's the final episode in our third season before we take a short break. The podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with Fast Track coming up on the 15th of March. Make sure you get your registration in before it's too late. And we have support from Davidson, the nationally recognised local government recruitment and business advisory service for which we're very grateful. Starting with the Victorian Roundup, firstly, Port Phillip City Council has voted this week to exit in-home aged care services, continuing a trend of councils moving out of the space due to changes to the federal funding model. Tim Baxter, a Greens councillor, proposed an alternative motion to delay the decision and commission a new report on future aged care service options. However, that motion was voted down before the council ultimately resolved to exit. Acting Mayor Louise Crawford said it was not something the council had sought to do, but she said the government's aged care reforms require significant extra resources, estimated to be three times the current program costs. Councillor Crawford told Hello Care that home care service funding would be redirected to community services programs, including meal delivery, social support and a free community bus. The Age reports that the decision has prompted backlash and anger from some residents and the Australian Services Union, and that just 26 of the state's 79 councils remain as providers of in-home aged care services. Darabin City Council says it will implement a risk management approach for council meetings, assessing on a case-by-case basis whether to hold meetings online or in person. The decision, made at a special council meeting this week, aims to ensure the safety of community members, councillors and staff, particularly during debates on contentious issues. 
The council will maintain transparency and community participation, allowing members to watch meetings, ask questions and make submissions. The February Ordinary Council meeting will be conducted online, with future meetings possibly returning to a face-to-face format. The Star Weekly reports on a finding of misconduct against two councillors at Hobson's Bay as a result of arbitration processes. The two separate processes involved councillors Daria Callender and Tony Briffer, with each alleging misconduct by the other. An arbiter made a finding of misconduct against Councillor Briffer on two of three allegations, but no sanction was issued. In the other matter, an arbiter determined that Councillor Callender had breached standards of conduct and directed her to make a written apology to the Council's CEO, Aaron Van Egmond, on her Facebook page. Meanwhile, local Palestinian residents are urging Hobson's Bay Council to rescind a motion related to the Middle East conflict. The motion was raised in response to a petition calling for an immediate and permanent ceasefire. The Star Weekly reports that members of the local group Hobson's Bay for Palestine believe the council did not adequately consult the Palestinian community before putting forward the motion. They've since asked the council to rescind the motion and pass one that addresses the concerns raised in the petition. Meanwhile, at the Whittlesea Council meeting this week, a group of Palestinian supporters rallied outside the council chamber and one was asked to leave the meeting after being disruptive with a megaphone. The council's chair administrator, Lydia Wilson, responded to the receipt of a petition with a statement that said calling for an end to a ceasefire in Gaza was the role of the federal government and not councils. Former Senator and broadcaster Darren Hinch is reportedly considering running for Lord Mayor of Melbourne. The Herald Sun reports today that the 80-year-old, currently fighting skin cancer, does not believe his age and health would be a problem. He says he'd fix up Melbourne's CBD and deal with what he describes as a woke council. The Age also reports on the speculation and Hinch has claimed that he's been asked by senior city council people to run for the position. The City of Kingston is partnering with the state government to address period poverty. 1,500 free pad and tampon machines are being installed at up to 700 sites across Victoria, including local libraries. The initiative follows a successful program in schools and continues Kingston's decade-long provision of free sanitary products at Kingston Youth Services. The state government has also announced an inquiry into women's experiences of pain, a move that has been welcomed by Kingston Mayor Councillor Jenna Davy-Burns. In Yarriambiakshire this week, a proud moment when Mayor Kylie Zanka officially handed over two of seven planned affordable housing units to Dunmunkle Lodge. The construction of the units was championed by the Council's Matoa Community Asset Committee with funding support from the Regional Infrastructure Fund. Not-for-profit aged care provider Dunmunkle Lodge will manage council housing units in Murtoa, Warwicknabeel, Rapanyip and Hopeton. And in response to recent storms in South Gippsland Shire, Mayor Claire Williams and CEO Karen Ellis have been in Melbourne this week advocating for additional government assistance. They sought support for waste collection services, clean-up assistance and relief hubs for future emergencies. The South Gippsland Sentinel Times reported that they also emphasised the need to simplify the process for disaster recovery funding and requested funds for damaged infrastructure not covered under that funding. In today's briefs, Ballarat has secured hosting rights for the Australian Museums and Galleries Association's annual conference in September, marking the first time the city will host the event. Up to 700 people are expected to attend, contributing an estimated $1.15 million to the local economy. 
Main Street Australia's 2024 National Conference, themed Creating Tomorrow's Destinations, will be held in the city of Stonington from July 31st to August 2. Over 250 delegates will discuss topics such as placemaking, urban planning, governance, the nighttime economy and the impact of artificial intelligence. Keynote speaker Peter Alexander will share insights on Main Street success. Borbore Shire Councillor Michael Leaney has been re-elected as Chair of the Perry Urban Councils of Victoria. Deputy Chair Councillor Moira Berry from Moorable Shire has also been re-elected. And expressions of interest close next week for governance appointments in Victoria. The Minister for Local Government has invited interested individuals to apply to be placed in a candidate pool for municipal monitors, administrators and commissioners at Victorian councils. More details from the link in the show notes. Applications close on the 29th of February. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup. It's episode 310, recorded on Friday the 23rd of February and brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association and Davidson Recruitment and Business Advisory Services. Bega Valley Shire Council has unanimously agreed to continue providing children's services after an independent review revealed a significant unmet need for childcare in the area. Council-run services in Bega and Eden and the Sapphire Mobile Preschool are at capacity with waiting lists. The council will continue to review its services and start planning for future growth to meet community needs. The town of Yass in New South Wales has been under a boil water alert for a week, causing businesses to spend hundreds on bottled water and ice. ABC News reports that the water quality issues have been ongoing for years, with promises to fix the problem unfulfilled. The situation has worsened after recent rainfall overwhelmed the water treatment plant. Yass Valley Council says funding is needed to upgrade the plant and that they're unable to provide rebates or grants as compensation to residents. Despite the water being declared safe for bathing and washing, 85% of residents reportedly won't drink it due to its colour and smell. Nambucca Valley Council has voted to defer its special rate variation from 2025-26 out to 26-27 despite huge cost increases for many services. Mayor Rhonda Hoban said the shifting of costs from the state government was taxation by stealth, leading to rate increases, reduced services and degraded local infrastructure. The News of the Area reported that the council will write to the Premier, Treasurer and Local Government Minister seeking that they urgently address the shifting of costs onto councils. A disendorsed council election candidate in Brisbane is under investigation for fraud, according to the Courier-Mail. Brock Alexander was removed from the LNP ticket this week over inappropriate online comments. It later emerged that he allegedly failed to disclose a traffic record and stalking charges, which are before the courts, to which he's pleaded not guilty. Police have confirmed that an investigation is underway, but no charges have yet been laid. Noosa Council has launched an online dashboard to monitor the operation and regulation of its short-stay local law. Updated quarterly, it's one of a range of initiatives introduced since July 2020 to control the growth of short-stay accommodation. The dashboard provides data on approval numbers, compliance notices, fines, applications refused, suburbs with the most approvals and calls to the short-stay hotline. The latest statistics show a significant drop in hotline calls in December 2023 compared to December the previous year. 
The closure of a popular bus stop espresso cafe at Kuroi in Queensland has been temporarily halted as a formal complaint about council processes is reviewed. Notice was given to cease operations after a licensing application was rejected by the Noosa Council. The cafe, which began during the pandemic, has garnered significant local support with a petition gathering more than 3,000 signatures. The council's CEO, Larry Sengstock, told the Sunshine Coast News that the review would only delay the closure and would not change the outcome of the application refusal. In Tasmania, suspended Dorset Mayor Greg Howard has appealed to the Supreme Court against a Code of Conduct panel decision that rebuked him for making inappropriate public statements. His barrister argued that the decision infringed on Howard's constitutional right of free political communication, according to a report from The Advocate. The government's counsel countered that the Constitution provides a systemic, not personal, right to free political communication and that the penalties in Howard's case were minor. A decision on the case is pending. Dorset Council was suspended by the local government minister last year amid allegations including governance failings and statutory non-compliance. The city of Devonport in Tasmania is expecting to save nearly half a million dollars annually following its digital transformation with Technology One. The city began the journey in 2018 to improve its technological capabilities, processes, workflow, automation and mobility. Deputy General Manager Geoffrey Griffith said the city has been tracking its progress and is well on the way to achieving significant savings through the various improvements and efficiencies under the new transformation program. Compulsory voting in council elections is being considered in South Australia, with over half of the respondents in a review survey supporting it. The state government is seeking public opinion on major reforms in councils due to low voter turnout in the 2022 elections. Other themes emerging from the survey include limiting councillors to two or three terms and aligning council elections with state elections. The survey deadline has been extended by one month to the 30th of March. Local Government Minister Jeff Brock said he was pleased so many South Australians had already submitted ideas, but he'd like to see even more people get involved to reform the local government sector. Adelaide City Council is considering extending an e-scooter trial for another year despite concerns about e-scooters being left on footpaths. The trial has been ongoing since February 2019 with extensions granted while awaiting state government legislation. However, In Daily reports that the council is frustrated with the slow progress of the legislation which may not be in effect until early 2025. E-scooter operators Beam and Neuron now have insurance coverage for incidents affecting third parties, even when the rider is at fault. In Western Australia, the City of Canning Council is calling for an immediate suspension of greyhound racing at Cannington Greyhounds due to the highest rate of deaths in the country. Mayor Patrick Hall has requested the council's support to write to Racing and Gaming Minister Paul Papalia about the issue. The council voted 10 to 1 in favour of the motion. According to a Perth Now report, there have been four deaths at the track since it started racing in 2024, making it the deadliest in the country. Advocacy group Free the Hounds has launched a petition to phase out greyhound racing in the state by 2028. The Metro Outer Joint Development Assessment Panel has approved a new $11 million social housing development in Greenfields Mandura in Western Australia. The project by Housing Choices WA will consist of 28 apartments and seven townhouses aiming to alleviate housing pressure in the area, according to a report from Perth Now. The development will use a build-to-rent model and focus on affordable housing. 
Housing Choices WA received an $8.14 million grant in 2022 from the state government's social housing economic recovery package to build the homes. And the Local Government Association of the Northern Territory has criticised an election policy from the country Liberal Party to increase the number of local councils, according to a report from the NT News. LGANT President and Darwin Mayor Conbat Scardis argues it would threaten the financial sustainability of an already under-resourced sector. The CLP believes the expansion would empower remote Aboriginal communities, improve job and leadership opportunities and increase access to resources. Mayor Vatskalis has warned the parties not to use local government as a political tool to win votes in regional and remote areas. In other news, also from the Northern Territory, Litchfield Mayor Douglas Barden has lodged a claim in the NT Civil and Administrative Tribunal against fellow Councillor Matthew Salter, alleging he's contravened the Local Government Act. The NT News reported that Mayor Barden is seeking a public apology and compensation, or potentially a dismissal from the Council, relating to the alleged disclosure of information from a confidential Council session last year. Lithgow Council in New South Wales has decided to offer the role of Acting General Manager to the existing Director of Finance, Ross Gurney, when current General Manager Craig Butler departs on the 30th of June. The Council has resolved to immediately start recruiting for its next General Manager. Lockhartshire Council in New South Wales is recruiting for a new General Manager after incumbent Peter Veneris announced in November that he'd be stepping down in July this year. LG Services Group is taking applications until the 18th of March. South Australia's District Council of Karunda East Murray has welcomed Peter Bond this week as acting CEO, while the incumbent Martin Borges takes extended personal leave. Mr Bond is a former CEO of Murray Bridge Council and of the Murray Lands and Riverland Local Government Association. He's been appointed to the position through the 1st of May. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. Leading the spotlight today with a story out of Canada where the Mayor of Gatineau in Quebec has announced her immediate resignation, citing a hostile political climate and concerns for her health and integrity. France Belial, who was the city's first female mayor, noted that nearly 800 elected officials in the province have resigned since 2001, and she's called for a deeper understanding of the reasons behind this trend. MSN.com reports that a by-election will be held soon, and Daniel Champagne will serve as acting mayor in the meantime. We dig into these issues of incivility and toxic culture and the toll being taken on local communities in a new edition of Roundup Unfiltered coming in a week or so with my guest Diane Kalen sucra Look out for that one in your podcast feed. In the UK, multiple and repeated failures at Hammersmith and Fulham Council left residents feeling insecure, according to a special investigation. The housing ombudsman found an 88% maladministration rate in 33 cases between May and September last year, with most issues related to repair and complaint handling, according to a report from localgov.co.uk. The council has apologised compensated and worked to rectify the issues and the Ombudsman has made 138 orders for improvement and 32 recommendations. Localgov.co.uk also reports that a former council employee and a roofing firm worker have been jailed for fraud and bribery after conspiring to defraud New Forest District Council. 
Richard Cullen, a former council maintenance worker, received bribes from Mark Diper, a worker at a Southampton roofing company, and referred maintenance jobs to the firm for a 10% cut of the profit. The council was overcharged by more than £88,000 due to inflated invoices. Cullen was jailed for 58 months and Diper for 32 months. And news today that the UK government has appointed commissioners at Nottingham City Council, which issued a Section 114 notice in November. The council was already being overseen by an appointed board since the council energy business collapsed three years ago. BBC News reported that the minister is concerned the council is not complying with its best value duty and improvements are not being made quickly enough. Across to Spain and the city of Barcelona has initiated a bike-friendly certification for city council-owned buildings to encourage civil servants to cycle to work. The certification requires buildings to meet 38 criteria, including bike accessibility and policies promoting cycling. So far, 30 municipal buildings have received the certification, with 31 more under evaluation. The website themayor.eu reported on a recent survey that revealed that 76% of municipal employees use sustainable transportation, with 21.2% cycling to work. Let's go next to Thailand. Bangkok city employees are working from home due to severe air pollution at the moment, with the city ranking among the top 10 most polluted globally. The Voice of American News has reported that PM 2.5 particle levels were over 15 times the World Health Organization's annual guideline. The pollution, exacerbated by industrial emissions, vehicle exhaust and stubble burning, has led to a public health crisis, with two million people needing medical treatment in 2023. Despite the government's promises and a draft Clean Air Act, the problem persists. Now to the US, where San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria has signed into law a project labour agreement that will apply to most city-funded construction projects. The Times of San Diego reported that the agreement is aimed at ensuring good-paying local jobs for San Diegans and is intended to stimulate the regional economy. The law will take effect for prime contracts and subcontracts for covered projects from the 1st of July. And let's finish off with a couple of stories out of New Zealand. Christchurch City Council is ending secret briefings to increase transparency, marking the end of a nine-year campaign by Councillor Yanni Johansson. In what has been described as a watershed moment, the change means that council and community board briefings and workshops will now be open to the public by default. However, some briefings will remain private if they are commercially sensitive. The press has reported on the Council's decision, which aligns with recommendations from Chief Ombudsman Peter Boshier, who criticised councils for holding informal meetings in private. However, a similar decision appears unlikely at another New Zealand council, according to a report from Radio New Zealand. Carterton District councillors have criticised the Ombudsman's recommendations to open council workshops to the public, with some expressing concerns that it could discourage members from asking questions and create inefficiencies. The council will implement some of the Ombudsman's recommendations, including publishing a list of workshop topics and making high-level minutes from workshops available to the public. And that wraps up a bumper edition of The Roundup, recorded on the 23rd of February 2024, the final episode in Season 3 of the podcast. The Roundup is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with support from Davidson Recruitment and Business Advisory Services. You can find the links to the stories referenced in the episode and a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. 
While you're there, check out the latest breaking news updates and learn how you can support The Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution which you can cancel at any time. Look out for a series of Roundup Unfiltered episodes over the next couple of weeks on topics including the cost to communities from incivility and how to tackle it, analysis of more than three years of arbitration and councillor conduct panel decisions in Victoria, and a look at the career of a veteran of the local government sector, and more coming your way. I'll be back in mid-March to start Season 4 of regular Roundup Bulletins. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now. The Local Government News Roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner.